Welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast. For anyone who wants to build and grow a career in IT, develop and improve your strengths and skills, be inspired and motivated by the successes of others, manage your career progression, and achieve your IT career goals. And now, your host, Phil Burgess. Welcome to episode 287 of the IT Career Energizer podcast. My guest on today's show is the founder of WorkMarket, an enterprise software platform that enables companies to manage freelancers. He has also founded several other technology companies, including Spinback, a social media sharing platform. He is an active angel investor and startup advisor, as well as serving on numerous public and private boards of directors. He is also the author of the Amazon bestseller, The End of Jobs, The Rise of On-Demand Workers and Agile Corporations. So it's my pleasure to welcome to the podcast, Jeff Ward. Thank you so much for having me, Phil. So Jeff, can I just start with asking you a little bit about work market and, and the software platform and so forth? Of course. We started work market about 10 years ago, uh, enterprise software that enables companies to organize, manage and pay their freelancers. The freelance population is a very important part of the workforce. It's a growing part of the workforce. We raised about 70 million in venture capital from SoftBank, Union Square Ventures, and a few others. And three years ago, we sold the company to uh, ADP, the world's largest human capital management software provider. And uh, I've had the pleasure of serving on the leadership team of ADP up until October of this year when my lockup ended. And now uh, the work market team continues crushing it within ADP's four walls. Right. So that's obviously released up your time. So are you up to anything new? You know, in theory, I should be. But um, <laughs> I've been, look, I've been very fortunate with uh, how my career has gone to date. And the reality is, is founding these companies takes a lot out of you. And I'm going to use the next year at least to um, just reflect, do my, my book tour stuff, uh, work with companies that I advise and and invest in and and uh, and try to uh, try to relax. Great, that sounds like a good plan to me. Okay, Jeff, can you share with us a career tip, one that the audience may not be aware of and perhaps should be? Well, you know, I, I struggle with one the audience shouldn't, you know, isn't aware of or should be because everything that I've been taught are those blinding glimpses of the obvious, but you can never hear them enough. And so when I think about the best tip, when you think about startup world and what it is in that equation that yields, is this startup going to be successful or is it not? There are a lot of things in that equation, Phil. There are you know, your partners, your customers, your investors, luck, and all these other things. The biggest variable in that equation is the founder. And the biggest sub-variable yeah. of the founder is, does the founder persevere? And so... Pushing through the ups and the many, many downs that come when you start a company, that is the best piece of advice I could ever give to anybody is that you're going to get knocked down and you got to pick yourself back up. Yeah, so obviously that that um, can be quite mentally tiring. So do, do you have any sort of you know mechanisms that you use to try to cope with, with those instances maybe? Great question. 
vulnerability, I think, is the best mechanism to deal with it. To know and that you're not in this alone, to talk about it with other people. I will tell you, my first few startups, I didn't tell anybody anything. I was like, everything's great. Everything's great. And I was afraid to show weakness. And that was a problem. That was not the right way to do it. There are people that are willing to help you. There are people that are very capable of helping you. And you know what? You need help. So take it and don't pretend everything is great. So be open and honest with yourself first and foremost and with others around you because it is not a sign of weakness to ask for help. No, exactly. Which leads us quite nicely onto the next question possibly. So what is your worst career moment and what did you learn from that experience? Uh, what do somebody to choose from, Phil? <laughs> somebody to choose from here. Uh, look, the worst moment was my first startup going going bankrupt. I mean, and I didn't tell anybody what was going on. I didn't ask for help. When it went under, I didn't talk to anybody about it. I literally just sat in my apartment by myself for like a couple months, just hiding from the world, not being able to face the fact that it had failed. And look, it, it basically bankrupted me. You know, I was, I was out of money. And it was depressing on a very real level. Uh, and I, it took a long time for me to ask for help. And I finally talked to some people about it and they helped me kind of pick myself up, dust myself off and get back on the road. So how did you change your, your mindset maybe in terms of the way you started with your latest company? Well, I would go back to that vulnerability and just being very clear with everybody. Look, there are things that I know really well. There are things that I do really well. And there are many other things that I don't know and I don't know and I don't do very well. And that's okay. And being able to show the team where it is that you are very clear. And guys, this is the decision. We're doing this. So onboard or overboard. And and being very clear about where you don't know. And say, hey, I need everyone's thoughts on this. I'm going to make the decision. But I need everybody's thoughts and I want every bit of input we can get. Yeah. Do you, do you think from your earlier experience um, that you were able to more easily identify where you did need help? I think if you start that open and honest dialogue with yourself and with your team, and that team includes maybe a coach, maybe your advisors, certainly your direct reports, you know, the, the leadership team, then people will be comfortable telling you where blind spots are. Because we all have blind spots. We all have areas that we don't know we're not good. And if you are having those actual conversations with people, they'll start to share that with you and you become stronger from it. And so encourage, I couldn't encourage everybody enough to create the kind of environment where people are comfortable giving feedback because that feedback is a gift. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that can apply not obviously to instances where you're running a startup, but obviously working within teams and making sure that you leverage off other people and, and identify your own weaknesses and not be afraid to do so. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And probably a bit more positive. Uh, Jeff, can you tell us about your career highlight? Well, I will tell you, Phil, I've reflected on this question a bunch before we got on the phone. And I'm going to go with something that actually just happened. I just met the mom of one of my former employees now, right? Because I'm not there anymore. And I was going to meet this employee and she said, oh, you know, when I told my mom I was coming to meet you, she insisted upon coming. And her mom is a is an immigrant. Um, the employee is a first generation born here. 
mom spoke very broken English. And her mom just said, look, you know, I, I, I needed to meet you because when my daughters move, move to New York, I pray. I pray for God to send an angel to look after her. And he did. He sent you. And I, I mean, I almost started crying. I mean, jeepers, like, that's just, and the thing is, is that there are so many people that have gone through work market, hundreds of, of team members, uh, and the people that have worked really hard, that were ambitious, and ambitious in the right way, where they wanted to learn and learn more and learn more. Those people, I stepped in every time and helped and did everything I could to help them in their career trajectories, even if it took them away from us, which almost all of them eventually did. I mean, over the years, you know, you can't be in the same place for, for five or 10 years these, these days anymore. And so their journeys and how successful they've all become, that's my career highlight. And it was exemplified by this woman who called me an angel when I said to her, I said, that's very kind and very sweet of you, but I, I'm not the angel that was sent to look after your daughter. Your daughter is her own angel because the only reason I helped her and that she her career is now taking off is because she asked, because she stayed late and worked hard. Indeed. Yeah, it must have been quite a surprise to hear that, though. It was quite a surprise. It was quite a surprise. I've, never, I've, been, called, I've been called a lot of things in my life, Phil. I've never been called an angel before. <laughs> Fair enough. Yes. Uh, so in, in terms of obviously previous uh, colleagues and em employees, do you, do you find a lot of them do keep in touch? Um, you know, from time to time, I hope I created an environment that encourages them to stay in touch. I think it's super important. I get calls whenever people need some career help because uh, yep. they know that I will help them. And these are some current employees. Sorry to my friends at ADP, but yes, I'm talking to some current ADP slash work market employees and helping them to go on their next journey of their career. Uh, or people that have were with us, left and went to another company, and now they're ready to move on again. Like These people are all exceptional. And if I can introduce them to friends of mine who are running startups or other companies, I feel like I'm doing my friends a favor at those other companies by introducing them to my former colleagues because they're basically all rock stars. Yeah, good. Okay. And Jeff, can you maybe tell us what excites you about the future of the IT industry and careers in it? Well, I'll tell you what first attracted me because Work Market's first series of use cases and for years, our, the vast majority of our customers and still a very, very important customer segment was IT services. And what I loved about IT services was the information asymmetry, that the buyer of the service very often doesn't really understand the service they're buying. And when something goes down, specifically in the repair part of the industry, uh, they are kind of price indifferent about getting it back up. Um, and so I, I love that dynamic, I love that space, and being able to create a scalable solution where a very small team could service tens of thousands of IT touch points by utilizing an army of freelancers felt pretty good. Yeah, that's interesting to hear. I mean, in terms of the way you can sort of um, build a service that is so sort of flexible and dynamic, do you think that's something that's going to continue as a trend? I do, and one of the other reasons I love the IT service space and it always has a, a special place in my heart is that 
I view IT services as very far ahead of the curve. When people said, why is IT service the first industry we're going into in, in, in work market, I would say IT services has adjusted their business models to do a more on-demand business model more than any other industry. IT service practitioners are more technologically enabled and therefore are you are more engaged in 2010 when I started the company with mobile technology and utilizing their mobile phone as their sole input point. IT service people are more open to change and algorithms and machine learning and all the new stuff that we were putting into the work market platform. Some of it was the first time it had been seen in labor and certainly yeah. in IT services. I don't think other industries would have engaged us as much, would have adapted as much. Now, it's interesting to hear. Um, I think obviously with the IT industry being relatively new, it's still going through that sort of evolution. And, and because it's happening so fast, people are able to adapt and change quite quite readily, or suddenly accept that it's going to happen. Well, I think that is true, but I sadly don't think it's the case for practitioners in other industries. They'll have to catch up, but they are not as adept. They are not as uh, open to change. No. Okay. Good. Right, we're going to go into the reveal round now. We're going to find out a little bit more about you and the way you think. You ready for this? I'm ready. Let's rock and roll. Okay, so I think you maybe touched on this slightly just now, but what first attracted you to the IT industry? Uh, the adaptability and the engagement and the business model. Yeah. What is the best career advice you've ever received? I will tell you the advice of being the key to success in startups is being knocked down seven times and getting up eight. And there are two reasons, Phil, that I love it. One, it's very evocative of the fact that you get knocked down again and again and again. And that's just that's just what happens in a startup. And I also love it because it actually, when you think about it, it doesn't make any sense. It should be if you get knocked down seven times, you get up seven times. But the actual thing, and there are T-shirts, I've seen this on T-shirts, is knock down seven, get up eight. I would only get up eight if I started on the ground. And I don't start on the ground. I start the journey walking forward. Yes. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, exactly. Do, do you think there's any um, logic in the fact that it it's begins to get easier to get back up again? I do think there's a lot of logic to that. The first time I got knocked down in a severe way was the failure of that first startup. And it took me months yeah. to get, get back up. So presumably you had that? Yeah, you had that mindset then that you may manage to get back up again, that if you get knocked down, you know you can do it. Look, as with all things, time makes it easier, experience makes it easier, repetition makes it easier. And so, you know, I, I'm much better at it now, no question. Now I get knocked down, I bounce right back. What is the worst career advice you've ever received? Um, <laughs> I don't know. That is, I thought about this one a lot. I don't know that there's any really terrible career advice I ever received. Um, you know, maybe avoid the internet. Somebody told me in uh, in '98. They're like, no, 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 that's all ridiculous. That's not going to go anywhere. I was like, huh, okay, I will avoid the internet for a while, and I did for about ten years. Um, look, everyone has advice, and all the advice is worthwhile listening to. Whether or not it's worthwhile to follow is a very different thing because their advice is based on their context. And so listen to every piece of advice and make the decision if its context applies to you. Exactly. Yes, totally agree. 
If you were to begin your career again in today's world, what would you do? Uh, let's see. I would have bought a Cerium at three when I was first told about it. Um, I would look. I would go hard tech in my career. I appreciate that I've started a number of tech companies, but I don't know how to code, and uh, it is to me the most important language that is spoken right now is the language of software and coding. And so I would start over as a programmer and I would still go down the same path that I went down of starting companies, but I'm very handicapped as I think about my next idea with the fact that I can't build it and build the infrastructure and the first parts of it myself. And what career objectives are you currently focusing on? I know you talked a little bit about this earlier, but is there anything specifically that you're looking at? Well, I think a lot about my business school and this framework they put forward on your life should be divided into thirds, learn, earn, and serve. And I am still in that earn phase, and I may have my last trick left in the earn phase, but I am starting very heavily to think about the serve phase and how do I serve my community, uh, my country, how do I serve this, this planet we all share? And so I'm thinking about that a lot as I think about my next uh, my next step. Okay. And what's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career so far? I'm going to go back to this vulnerability, Phil. I will tell you, my board at one point made me get a coach. This this wasn't actually a discussion. It wasn't a we think. <laughs> it was if you don't get a coach, we're not putting more money in. And we were about to run out of money as you do in a startup from time to time. Yeah. And so they made me get a coach and that coach was very focused on these types of things on vulnerability, on goal setting and things like that. And working with him made me a better leader, made me a better manager, made me a better person. And being able to just be open and honest with how we feel about things And I appreciate that's a very important thing as a life skill in our personal relationships, but it is equally powerful in a business relationship to be vulnerable and to share with your team um, what's really going on. I I wish that that was something that I had learned a long time ago. Yes. What do you do to keep your own career energized? I pivot a lot. Yeah. Phil, so like, you know, I wrote this book on the future of work. That has technically nothing to do with the companies I start. Yeah, work market was a big basis of it. But when I was really stuck on project management stuff or a client issue or whatever, I would pivot and I'd work on the book, something very creative, and then I'd come back and I'd be re-energized. I do the same now. I mean, look, I'm writing another book. I am writing a screenplay. And those things, whenever I get kind of caught up in whatever I'm doing, I put everything down I turn to my notebooks and I just context shift and I think about something entirely different, something creative, something fun, something that I love. And then I come back and I am energized and I have a very different perspective on the problem that uh, had been causing difficulty for me. And what do you do in your spare time away from technology? Well, I do a lot of health and wellness stuff now that I have the space to do it. I certainly was not doing that when I was going 18 hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, And so I would say that um, 
meditation and exercise have become a, a very key part of my life. And then those creative aspects of uh, screenplay writing and, and, and book writing has been, have been wonderful. Good. And Jeff, can you share with us a parting piece of career advice? <sighs> Look, I'm going to go back to things that I've said, and I'm going to use my favorite one of um, – the key is to get knocked down seven times and to get up eight. And I'll augment it with this related notion, which is ideas are cheap. The will to execute is expensive. And that will to execute, Phil, involves getting knocked down. And a lot of people don't want to do that. They don't want to have to get knocked down. They don't want to have to pull themselves back up. They don't want to have to ask for help. But when you look at startups, when you look at company founders, very few have ideas that were so incredibly unique and so differentiated and the science behind them is something that had never been done before. They just don't. They're mostly things that have been no. thought of before and they just weren't executed either well or executed to completion. And that will to execute is expensive. And so know that it's expensive and know that if you want to go down a startup road, um, you're going to pay that price. Yes, that's good, good advice. And Jeff, how can we find out more about you and connect with you? Well, I actually, for the first time, have built my own built a website. I shouldn't say my own as if I did the coding, because again, I had to hire somebody, couldn't do it. So jeffwald.com is now uh, up and running, literally just uh, a couple days ago. So that's exciting. And uh, the book is available on Amazon. I'm very proud of the fact that we hit number one in all of Amazon's HR categories uh, for the first few months it was out. And uh, LinkedIn is the only social network that I spend time on. Although at Jeffrey Wald and Twitter, uh, I do tweet from time to time on, uh, on career related things. Great. Jeff, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been great chatting with you. Thank you so much for having me, Phil. Hi, Phil here again. Well, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with today's guest. You can find full show notes on the website at itcareerenergizer.com slash e and the number of the episode you've been listening to. If you haven't already subscribed to the show, please make sure that you do, so that you get episodes automatically downloaded to your device every Monday. Thanks for listening, and have a great week. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit itcareerenergizer.com.